Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grev, and welcome to another episode of the Rip Ron Rids podcast. I am joined, as ever, by my host, Jace. How are you doing on this fine Saturday evening? Yeah, lovely, mate. It's uh, relaxed, fresh out of the jacuzzi. Not tonight, but yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Watched the Arsenal game in the jacuzzi. Brilliant. So, uh, yeah, yeah, not too bad. Um, can't complain. How's your weekend going? Uh, yeah, I what did I do today? Uh, not not a great deal. Went to IKEA. My kids are some for some reason obsessed with IKEA. Don't go there to buy anything. We go there just to look around and buy a hot dog and get some sweets. Uh, so yeah, kids kids love that. And then uh, went to Smith's Toys uh, as a sad infant adult. I bought some Pokemon cards with uh, my youngest, and we opened them together. So that was quite good fun. Uh, so yeah, having quite a nice weekend. Obviously, I'm just trying to be the calm before the storm because we've got a massive game uh, tomorrow. The North London derby is tomorrow. Uh, a mixture of intrepidation, nerves, happiness, excitement, and all those things rolled into one. I'm sure you're much of the same. Yeah, yeah, I am. I just want to call out. You said sad adult for opening Pokemon cards. Greg, you love opening Pokemon cards. I know I do, but like uh, most other people will look at uh, as an adult buying Pokemon cards. I'm, I'm almost 40, so uh, I think there's a line at some point in my adulthood where uh, you know, buying Lego and opening Pokemon cards is probably has to stop. I just don't know when that is. Le- Lego is perfectly acceptable for any adult. We all know that. Okay. Um, like, you know, you know, so, some of us like to, well, like to, you know, still is that Dennis Burkamp? That is Dennis Burkamp. It is Dennis Burkamp. I've got loads of them. I've got, a, I've got a whole... All of the ones I've got here are just Arsenal ones. I've got loads. Like, remember the power pods from, like, 20 years ago? Yeah. You get the chocolate wrapped in. Yeah, I've got loads of them. I've got, like, golds and all kinds of stuff. But all different different, different clubs. So I'd wow. still collect them if, if I didn't feel it was a waste of money. Well, uh, as if we could fill a whole podcast with nostalgic toys from our childhood, uh, we probably could, but it's probably best that we get into what is an amazing Arsenal victory uh, over PSV Eindhoven. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the ins and outs, the goals, the games and everything that happens. We're also going to do a little bit of a preview of that North London derby. Um, So let us crack on that intro music and then we'll get straight into it. Right. Uh, I think the first thing I was going to say is that's the first intro, I think, where me and Jace have both had a little drink in our hands. Uh, isn't that <laughs> interesting news? Um, right. As always, going to kick off a show with a, a rip roaring review as hot as you can make it, Jace. Uh, what are you going to talk about in this week's rip roaring review? Well, I have to eat my words, eat my hat. Because um, the last podcast I was, I wasn't, I was just saying like we haven't seen as much from Bakayo this season. Um, it felt like we hadn't. Uh, he he hadn't been creating uh, as many opportunities and scoring as many goals. And then what was it? An assist and a, and a goal in the <laughs> in the game at PSB. So uh, happy to eat my hat. Happy to see him performing 
just in that manner, I mean, we'll go into a little bit of the performance and how PSV made it a little easy for him, to be perfectly honest. But but um, yeah, I'm really happy to see him back on form and, and doing what he does best. So yeah, happy to eat my words. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, for the last few podcasts, I think you've had the opportunity to bask in the glory of being correct. Uh, so maybe this yeah. is a good opportunity to, to be uh, wrong and actually be happy in being wrong, right? I, I'm happy to be wrong, yeah. I mean, I've been learning about XG and goal, the number of goals scored. That is still a problem in the league, don't get me wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, but obviously we'll go into the performance and it was great to see all those goals go in. So yeah, I'm very happy overall. Nice. But yeah, so come on, your review. Uh, I mean, I'm going on, I'm bleeding on from yours, uh, just to say the Arsenal back and we mean business. Uh, you know, this is uh, it's the first Champions League game in six years, under the lights, uh, the little light show, uh, North London forever, the Champions League anthem, all of that just brought back a host of kind of maybe scar tissue from previous years. I think we said in the previous pod, um, both me and you have been in games where we've seen us get stamped on by Bayern Munich, where we've seen us lose to Dortmund, where we've seen us get knocked out by Barcelona. Um, and, you know, PSB, although maybe not uh, an elite, you know, it's very Europa League, that that uh, matchup, but they haven't lost the game yet. They've scored a lot of goals. And we ruined them, absolutely ruined them. We, we, we showed them who's boss. They came to our ground. They didn't want it. And, and we showed them, you know, why why we are back at the big table, why we are back in the main seat. And, you know, you look across uh, the other games, Man United losing against Bayern Munich, Newcastle drawing with Milan. Yes, Man City came from behind to win their game, but they played one of the Red Bull sides that aren't it's amazing. Great. Uh, was it really? All right, not even one of the Red Bull. I saw uh, R and just assumed it was uh, one of the Red Bull teams. Um so, you know, we're back at the big table. We're, we're there in the elite competition. We're throwing teams to the sword, and I am here for it. And it was just such a, a great evening to, to be part of and to witness. So I'm super happy that Arsenal were able to just just put a great performance out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, me too. I get that. Um, it was a very old-school Arsenal performance. Um for, for my, my definition of old school Arsenal is you can you can shut up shop at 3-0. Classic Wenger performance. Right, we've got 3-0 up, that's it, game over. We ain't doing any more. We'll save our legs. And we, yeah, we did. And, and that is exactly what happened in the second half. We got one goal, but but uh, it was a shut up. We we shut up shop. We went and smashed smashed them at the beginning and then and then shut up shop. Um so that's quite nostalgic. And being back in the Champions League and seeing that, yeah, that was lovely. Yeah, I'm here for it. Uh, our first kind of topic that we're going to get into is all about uh, the team selection. I've called this bit selection box. Uh, it's Christmas Day. Uh, you've got the quality street. You've got the celebrations. You've got the heroes out. You're going to choose which one you want. And in this game, Arsenal uh, did once again throw a few differences and curveballs in that starting lineup. Um, out of those changes, Jace, which one was for you the most surprising? I was I was in, I was surprised to see Havertz back in so quickly, um, because of how well Fabio has been playing in cameo appearances from the bench. Then he came on against Everton. He was solid, no mistakes. Didn't feel that he deserved to be dropped. 
Um, so I was not expecting that. Um, however, let's, let's talk about Havertz. Brilliant. Probably maybe his best performance in Arsenal shirt. Don't know if you'd agree. You're nodding. No, I'd agree. Yep, yeah, I agree. Um, pressing very well. Like him and Odegaard both pressing at the same intensity. It was great to see that from him. Um, he 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 was getting yeah into dangerous areas. He was sometimes parting, coming kind of through the front front two. I think Jesus came off and then he went up the front up front as well. Um, yeah, just really a really calm, measured, and 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 solid performance from him. The only the only the only uh, shame was that he didn't he didn't get on the score sheet. Really, um, that was the only thing I think we all want him to get a goal. But um, yeah, happy with a performance. Surprised by surprised by it. Wasn't expecting it him to be on the pitch from the starting lineup. But very good performance. Very happy, and um, yeah, perfect. And, and and it shows the depth, right? If if you can decide who you want to play, and you've got two players in that position playing really well, that shows our depth and and the quality we have. So yeah, uh, that's that was a kind of standout from me. Um, Talk to me a little bit about Raya. Uh, did you expect Ramsdale to be back in the sticks? Did, did you think that that was just a one-off at Everton? And and what were your, was your opinion on his performance? Yeah, I mean, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, right? It's a really good thing to kind of look back on. If you think when I asked this question uh, a few days back, I probably would have said Ramsdale comes back in. It did feel like maybe a one-off as a, a certain game type that suited Raya's style. Um, but I think now, and everything that we've seen since, would, would imply that that Raya is our number one goalkeeper, and he is that incremental gain that we've spoken about in previous pods quite a few times. I think it's quite obvious. Once again, although he didn't have masses to do, um, he all did those things that he had to do well. His distribution, once again, was was fantastic. I looked at the data just to kind of see if if what my eyes were telling me were correct yeah he made 12 accurate long passes which is quite extraordinary to be honest some of the balls that he manages to ping you kind of think there's there's so many uh factors and nuances that can impact the flight of that ball the challenges towards the player um the the wind which it was a super windy night by the way um and a lot of rain so all of that can impact how and where he plays that ball yeah he was able to pick out passes um at will and, and was able to kind of do that quite accurately as well. I think 83% pass accuracy. So he was doing that really, really well um, and everything we needed him to do. So, you know what? I just can't see Ramsdale coming back into it. I know that we've seen since that Ramsdale is willing to fight for his place in this team, which is great to hear. Um, I'm just not too sure that uh, that it's going to happen. It's one of those weird things. I know that you said this before. Ramsdale makes a mistake and then Raya comes in. That hasn't really happened. Um, not like a clear-cut mistake. I think there's did, been occasions where Ramsdale doesn't look strong. Go on. Did did Leno make a mistake for Ramsdale to come in in the first place? I don't remember. No, that, that, I mean, that, that's true. But I think, you know, I, I, I suspect you've probably seen some of this as well. A lot of the talk has been Arteta has not forgiven Ramsdale for some of the clear mistakes that he made last season. Um, Southampton at home, uh, as an example. Um, just hasn't been able to get past it. And we all know how much of a ruthless elite cutthroat manager Arteta is and kind of feels a bit like an elephant. He's just not going to forget. And so he, he's he's now just changed the player, he's changed the system. 
and at the moment it's working. So I, I can't, you know, once again, we, we've talked about this, but I put faith in Arteta to do what he needs to do. If that's the choice he's made and he's the right keeper for the job, so be it. Ramsdale's a nice dude. Everyone likes him. Uh, you know, he obviously is a passionate player. We talked about Reyes' roboticness in the past pod. So, you know, so be it. Rea, Rea for me, comes in for the North London derby. I can't see any way past it. Fair enough. That's one, for, that's one uh, I suppose, preview prediction already. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into deeper later. I was going to mention on the Havertz part that you mentioned as well. Like, I agree, his best match. Um, when he came and switched into the nine position, did that really well as well. His hold-up play, his getting people involved, his link-up. Um, he just... You know, when you said we just want him to score, even that I could sense that in the ground. There were so many people I could hear it around me going, ah, come on. They just want him to do it. You know, they want him to succeed. And if, you know, there's people that talk about they just want him to fail because he was Chelsea and they kind of feel like you just want him to be rubbish because he was from Chelsea. It's not that at all. People really do want him to score. And I think if he just gets that goal, the confidence the boost that he will get will be really good. I think the media want him to fail. I think Chelsea. United Spurs fans want him to fail. What's well, the price tag, right? You look at some of the other players that are in similar price tags. You just kind of, it's even hard just to, to warrant that as well. So, you know, I, it, it'll come. I, I think I said he's getting into dangerous position, but it, his finishing, it is woeful. It is really devoid of any sense. And I don't understand it. It's kind of like, his brain and his leg are disconnected sometimes. They just kind of flash at balls and it just doesn't really compute. Which is fine. Like, I mean, it's not, obviously. But I don't... I I can set that aside. If he's putting in performances like what he put in against PSV, I can set that aside because I do not believe we brought him in to be a goal scorer. We brought him in for a different purpose. It's the it's how Chelsea played him that has built this attachment to him as a striker and a goal scorer, but but that wasn't what he was at Bayern. Then at Bayern at Bayer Leverkusen anyway. So uh, I, I let that go. I think I think we're trying to we're trying to identify the individual that that joined Chelsea, not the individual that left that left Chelsea. So yeah. Okay, well, that's enough about the change in the team then. I wanted to move on. So I was trying to do this, uh, I'm sure it's a Jay-Z song. Girls, 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 girls. Uh, but goals, obviously, in its place. Um, <laughs> a big Arsenal, uh, very tenuous link by me there, apologies. Um, it's uh, a 4-0 victory for Arsenal uh, during this game. And to be honest, pretty good goals across uh, the board. So I'm giving Jace the floor. Take your pick. Of the smorgasbord of four goals in front of you, which one would you like to talk and which player would you like to talk about? My captain. I'd like to talk about my captain. He, Odegaard, Jesus. I mean, I, I said at the beginning of the year, uh, Saka for PFA Player of the Year, I think I said. Take it back. Like, no offence to Saka, but Odegaard. I, has he gone up another level since last year? I feel like he has gone up another level since last year. Um, he is single-handedly uh, putting the team at times by the scruff of the neck, I feel. And uh, exemplary performance against PSV. He ran that show. Um, decisive passes. 
control, holding the ball up. He's got um, amazing feet, I mean, in his vision. And then just to top it off, um, I, I, I will call out also, because we uh, didn't mention it in the team selection, but a nice cameo from, from Smith-Rowe. He had to win the ball back for Odegaard's goal. Um, great to see that. But Odegaard, when he got the ball... The, the time he took just to control it, to move it to one side on uh, across to the left side, and then to to put it in that bottom corner, he's he is not just assisting; he's getting goals, and he's getting lots of goals as well. Um, that goal is sublime. I, 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 he's scored so many now like that. He's got that ability to to shoot from anywhere around that D area outside the box. He's dangerous. Doesn't matter which side. He's a threat. And when you add that, I mean, he, he really, he, I, I, I keep using KDB as the reference point, Kevin De Bruyne. And I think he is. But I genuinely feel now Odegaard is getting to that level um, because Kevin De Bruyne had some superb finishes uh, in the last few years. Some of the ones, a couple of one at St. James's Park stands out in my mind. I think one that Kevin De Bruyne scored, I can't, it was a couple, on the outside of the area. And now Odegaard's kind of really pulling that out of his armory, um, have his arsenal, um, combined with combined with everything else that he's doing, the creativeness, the the work he's doing with Saka on the right side, um, the the um, assists that he's getting, he is by all means uh, our best performer. I think he was our best performer on. Um, on Wednesday night by far um, and just an all-round superb performance from him. So, um, yeah, goals-wise, his goal was my my pick of the bunch. He was my favourite. Twenty, He's 24, right? Um, yeah. I think he still has a a lot more to come, has a bigger ceiling. His best years are still ahead of him. And like, I agree oh, with absolutely. you, he's getting to that world, world-class status. Um do, do you do you think there there are still levels to his game that he can uh, can can get? Do you, do you think this is it, or do you still think there's a lot more ahead? I think he reaches his peak in two years, twenty six, and then he'll stay there till thirty one, like Kevin De Bruyne. Um, I think he's still got two more years of development. This squad's got two more years of development. Easy. Mm-hmm. Second youngest squad in the league, I think, or third. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah, he's only going to get better. Only going to get better. It doesn't just stop suddenly now. Like he's continues to develop from the moment he signed from us. So that's two two and a bit seasons. So it doesn't stop. He continues okay. to grow. Uh, at least till he's twenty six, he's going to be developing and maturing. Um, but rightfully, I mean, we'll talk about his contract window in a bit. But uh, yeah, rightfully, uh, the crown in our in our jewels in the moment, I believe. Yeah, I uh, agree. I mean, I know you you will probably want to choose a goal, but I'm going to ask you straight up: What did you think about Trossard's finish? I, I do. I think it's it's very like Trossard's ability to control and hit balls like that is is something we all know he can do. Um, he's rekindling a lot of that and uh, form that he had in preseason. We talked about when we played against MLS All-Stars and uh, the game prior to that, that he should be starting. He had such a great preseason. Then it came to the league and and Martinelli was, was straight in. 
Now, it kind of felt like once again that it's taken the injury of Martinelli to see Trossard step in and, and be Trossard. I can't believe we paid 25 million for this player. Um, I really can't. Absolutely. Um, he is just, he does it under the radar, Premier League proven, can kind of just do his business and he does it in such a professional manner. He's able to control, to be dangerous, to uh, beat players like for pace. Like he's really good at all of the all round kind of game. And so, yeah, really impressive. Um, like you say, very similar to Vieira in the sense that he only really scores great goals. Um, it doesn't, they're kind of, you never really see like a scrappy Trossard goal. They're always like a, a curler or a volley or just a really far out. They're just really good all the time. So, you know, and like you said earlier, I think, you know, when you said like Vieira can step out and you've got Havertz coming in and he's starting to maybe step up a level and kind of really get some good performances under his belt. The drop-off, and this is what we talked about previously about having Ramsdale and Raya, the drop-off between our first and second choices, whoever that may be, is very kind of minimal right now. Mm. And actually Martinelli, we've said it on three pods on the bounce, I think, from our intro music. Martinelli hasn't scored in a while. He obviously didn't get his offside one against Everton. Mm. So what what better way to have competition in the backup position than scoring goals? Like that is a nice problem to have. Yeah. You heard anything on him, Martinelli? I'm assuming he's out for Spurs. I'd assume so too. I've not seen anything. The last I'd heard was a couple of weeks, so nothing serious. Okay, fair enough. Hopefully a couple of weeks doesn't turn into three weeks or four weeks. Yeah. No, but it doesn't strike me as um, when Party um, was out and we were all trying to hide it because it was a longer term, say four to six weeks kind of injury. Since it's not been anything like that, I'm kind of not so worried, I suppose. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. The oh. um, Go on. No, I was going to say, I want to talk about Saka's goal. Um, you can talk about Saka's goal, go on. I, it was a build-up play. So, I had to pause my wife. So, uh, I, I'm on holiday. I, I'm kind of not... Uh, I obviously was watching the football. I had the iPad on the side of the jacuzzi. But it was, it was, I had it on quiet. And me and my wife were having a conversation romantically. And I was meant to not be watching the football. But I saw the build-up play pass, 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 pass from the back, moving forward through. And I was like, Jazz, we're going to score here. And then we, <laughs> I think I think the first shot obviously got saved, but then the, it fell to Saka and it went in the back of the net. And uh, I, I, was, I, was, I had to be quiet because it was a, there was lots of other rooms around us with jacuzzis in, but... Uh, yeah, I was just, <laughs> it's just a really good goal. And, uh, I just, I, you could just see it coming. Like we started so sharply, we were on it and then it was pass, 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 pass. And you could just see it was like, it was our testable from the back to the front and then finished off with Saka. Uh, brilliant team goal, brilliant team goal that was. Um, and it was great to see Saka on the end of it. Um, yeah, it just made me, made me quite excited that one. I mean, you could have disguised your uh, uh, noise and excitement in a romantic fashion rather than Arsenal fashion, Jace. But you know, either one can work. Um, so yeah, oh, Saka goals for Saka. Yeah, what? yeah, I don't know if that would work. Um, I did put in the next segment actually because you kind of moved on quite well to it. Is that it was all gunners blazing for us? It was really um, in in many games last season. We, we did this thing where we start for 20, 30 minutes where we just blow teams away. 
and they cannot compete with us, which is really at, at odds with some of the other games that we've had where we haven't started games well. Um, Southampton, West Ham, um, I'm sure there were other ones last season as well where we didn't necessarily just start very well. Um, actually, this season, how many games have we conceded in like first in this season? We've done it a few times this season as well, right? Forest, Fulham. So I suppose this is one that where yeah. I know we talked in the previous pod maybe about how we were we were to get people up for this game. You didn't have to do a lot. It's Arsenal back in the Champions League after six years. You're on the biggest stage. The eyes are watching. You know, I, I was actually I couldn't believe this. There's some slander of Saka on my Twitter that I saw going. You know, he's, he's not world class until he's really done it in the, in the Champions League. Well, uh, you can you can shut it basically, because he's just stepped up to the plate and just absolutely annihilated. <laughs> any any qualms or any issues that you had with that, you can't say anything now because he's done it. Um, the other player I was going to talk about here, so obviously Eden Kedia was dropped to the bench for this game in favour of uh, Gabby Jesus. What did you what did you think of his performance and, and his goal in this game? Um, good goal, solid finish. Genuinely, not to discredit the goal, don't care about the goal. Care about the rest of his performance. Um, it was great to see him get a goal, and we wanted to score as many as possible. But it was the performance for me that was most important. I'm. I know you slightly disagree with this. We've had this same conversation probably throughout numerous podcasts about our perspective of the value he brings and the fact that you you, you know you're like he, he is he does need to give us goals, and I don't disagree. But I I value that energy that directness that press all of the things that he brings to us in that striking role um and that was a gabriel hayes that that was one of the closest performances i've seen since he gave that uh debut performance in the premier league against palace uh when he was so direct that we've been kind of yearning for we haven't seen that kind of gabby hayes performance since before his injury before the world cup um so for me, I, I, I thought it was a brilliant performance. I was really happy. Um, and I'm hoping that that was just a, a warm-up for uh, what we'll see moving forwards, hopefully starting at the weekend. Because, um, yeah, that's exactly what we want. We need that directness. I just love him. I I, I believe that as a team, that I, I there were two reasons. Uh when we talk about all guns blazing, um, that we played the way we did. One was uh, the fact that PSV came to play football. No other team comes to the Emirates to play football. Uh, they all come to, to just sit back and... Well, maybe until this weekend. We'll see. Well, we'll I was about to say... Yeah, we'll get on to that. <laughs> something else I want to talk about. Um and and if you come and if you come and try and play football, which is a lot of the Dutch teams do when they come to England, uh, they're going to get found out. They got found out. They left so much space. Uh, Saka, as I say, Saka was brilliant exploiting that space. But that so that was one of the reasons. But the other reason for me was for for Gabby Gabby's performance. I believe was one of the sparks that allowed us to score all of those goals. Because of his 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 the way he brought, he he comes into play uh, between you know he he may not be the guy that assists he may not be the guy that scores um, but he is bringing an energy and a directness 
Um, he is pulling people. He is moving people around. He's creating spaces. It, it, there's some. There's an energy about what he brings to the squad that suddenly just enables us to score so many more goals. We saw it last year, at the beginning of last season. Like we were scoring, so we were going like we were putting games to bed in the first half because of that energy that he brought to our squad, and 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 from the from the moment from the moment kickoff started, we were we were at it, and and I believe that genuinely dropped uh, the second half of last year, and even at the start of the season, we've not seen that same energy we were expecting, and I believe he is a, a fundamental reason for it. I think I'd agree with you. I think there's um, he kind of reminds me of like a puppy, yeah. where he's just like he's just like running around, and he's chasing after tails, and he's any ball that's free and anything that he can get his hands on, he'll try and get his hands on, and he really did kind of take part in a really heavy press that we've seen to it. We talked about this previously as well. Our press has just been really, really tight really really aggressive we we seize the opportunities when we get them we don't kind of overcommit when we don't need to and he is all part of driving that forward and that that kind of winatility that he's got from city along with Zinchenko. i agree now he kind of feels like he's fully fit again after that injury and he's kind of coming back and i think that he will have uh usurped enketia <clears throat> because enketia is kind of like your archetypal striker like i say he doesn't have uh, as much of an all-round game as uh, Gabby Jesus does. He's much more of like a poacher, like maybe a truer sense of a number nine. Um, but I just, you know, with a game coming up this weekend that would really welcome a press that a team that probably don't want it. I think Gabby Jesus is the one that's going to be there. Um, and yeah, a great, a really good performance from him. So I can't, I can't fault it. I really welcome it. You know, I've, I've talked about good problems to have. It's another one that I kind of welcome and, and can't wait to see because it's we've now got two players in that position. They play very different styles, uh, depending on what team we're playing against and what system we want to play with. We can kind of set up in in any way we kind of want to to suit our best um, profile. Yeah, um, yeah. I've... I was going depth. to talk about uh, where is the depth and like this was, uh, the problem is I wonder like. There may be some Arla and in Erdegaard's position, let's say that he does seem to be made of relatively good metal at the moment. But if he was to kind of step out of this team, I, I do wonder of our levels dropping somewhat with potentially a Vieira or a Smith Rowe maybe coming into that position. I think it would be, yeah, I think it would have to be Fabio for now, but yeah, I think so. I think we, you know, Fabio turned it on against Brentford last year when Odegaard wasn't fit. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. It's, it's a problem we don't need to worry about so much yeah. at the moment because I was interestingly in this game, and this is something I just was going to briefly touch upon when you were talking about Erdgaard was the setup. I think that where Rice is playing as a, a sole pivot, in which you know he did do at another excellent game, really showed his teeth in this game. Um, just I love him, I, I think he's fantastic. He's such a it's like. I don't know. It's like he's always played for Arsenal. It was really weird to think that he actually came through all those systems and ranks at West Ham to then come here and feel like he's never been anywhere else. Yeah, uh, his his performances have reminded me of Gilberto Silva because he is absolutely pivotal to how we've played every game this season. But he's gone about his business quietly and got the job done. 
Um, he's not been standout like man of the match performances. Uh, the plaudits are always going to go to the attacking threat that we possess with Odegaard, with Saka. Um, so he, he's not, like he, that 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 kind of role. He does doesn't get that. But like he, when I when I say Gilberto Silva, we wouldn't have been invincible without Gilberto Silva. Um, he he the way he goes about getting his business done quietly, efficiently, and effectively is outstanding. Um, and that's exactly what we've seen from Rice every single game this season. Mm-hmm. Um, not no one's questioning the money spent on him. There's no Paul Pogba situation with with Declan Rice. Why have we spent all this money on a midfielder? What's he bringing? There's not. There's not going to be any of that. He's uh. He's a. He's, he, I mean, he would be a bargain, probably, the way football transfer, transfers are going. Um, you know, Enzo Fernandez or Declan Rice, which one was better? Declan Rice. Caicedo. Caicedo. Well, you see the way Chelsea have started no. the season. Yeah. So, I mean, I would yeah. say that the, the, the way that Rice played as well, is it? it's really weird because you, you've wanted him to play in a system where maybe he takes the ball forward a lot more than maybe he does. And this is where I noticed in this game in particular... Erdegaard kind of sat, he kind of dropped a lot deeper in a lower position and kind of stepped into like a four at the back with Saliba and Gabriel because our wing backs kind of play much more forward. Hmm. Um, and he was there driving the ball forward. So Erdegaard could take the ball from Rice and kind of drive it forward a lot more than Rice had been doing. I don't know if that's intentional to allow Rice not to kind of get gassed and kind of sit in that solo pivot and not have to worry so much about bombing forward and bombing back when we kind of need to. I certainly identified that he was kind of much more sat in that pivot than maybe in previous games. Rice can do multiple jobs. We brought him in because of that that, uh, that uh, diverse capability that he has to play in multiple positions across the midfield. He showed it with playing with party effectively. Um and he has shown it playing without party because party's been injured effectively. Uh, he's exactly what we needed, and um, we pivot accordingly. I still think with party playing, but well, here's the challenge I don't think we'll get <laughs> if party is back fit. I hope we don't revert back to that rubbish we were doing where we were leaving Gabriel out of the squad. I'm sorry, that, that's the one only one thing this season where I was like, Arthur, what are you doing? Like I, I'm, I, we'll never, we'll never know at this point as well. We'll right? never know or not it was intentional, and he would have stayed the course on that change, or whether or not it's uh, done and yeah. dusted now. Maybe, Maybe we'll see when Party is back. If he does revert back to it, then we can kind of uh, a cost that he was going to stick by his guns. Yeah, but uh, uh, I, you know, I wanted to see Party in the hole. The normal back four, our back four are settled. We know our back four. Um, looks like we know our keeper. We'll talk about that briefly in a minute. But then, you know, having Price in that midfield role instead of Havertz, yeah, still up for that. Not against it because Party and him together bring something different. And if then you've got Jesus fit with the intensity that Jesus brings to the squad, then you've got all of these perfect ingredients and you've got a beautiful core. Like the spine of that team, like Odegaard, Rice, Jesus, Saliba, Gabriel, Raya, like Jesus Christ, that's a such a strong uh 
Yeah, I mean, I'm oozing just thinking about that. Um, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think your analysis is fair on the way we set up and the way we played, and and probably what we were doing for the state that that kind of state of of um, opposition. Uh, interesting. Well, again, I think we should probably move on to Spurs because I think this is kind of leads nicely into who, what is the lineup going to be for. Spurs. Well, the, the fact that uh, I've never heard you use the term oozing before, James. Oozing. And, uh, this is a very, it's a very erotic, uh, you know, podcast for you. This one, so maybe you can turn that eroticism into determining who do you think uh, is going to. Do you think our starting lineup is going to be pretty much the same as it was against PSV against Spurs? Oh. Um. Maybe I'm not sure if Habits will play whether Riviera. Unsure. I suppose there was a, a, a rumor circling around now that Trossard is uh, injured, and if that was the case, that might change some of that setup. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if he's injured, so it's can't hard to say. If he's not injured, he starts. If he is injured, then maybe you have Fabio Vieira there and then Havertz still playing. That's what I would have, yeah, that's what I would have expected. Um, I mean, I'd like to see Smith Rowe there because I think he's pretty effective. Uh, or maybe you have Gabriel Jesus and Eddie through the middle. That's another option. No, yeah. Um, There's not necessarily in that, though, isn't there, really? It's, yeah. It's, it's, or even, do you know what? Even Reese Nelson starting there, actually. He's been pretty. Didn't even good think about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a number of options there. Um, and then, yeah, you mentioned like you think Rye is number one. I'm inclined to agree. Uh, I think that's done now. Um, it's a sore one, right? I love Ramsdale. There's, an, there's something about, uh, you know, you almost wanted to start calling them safe fans. Um, he, there's something nostalgic. He's got a very good bond with David Seaman. He's been mentoring him, and there's a British number one. I it should be English number one, and then a, a British goalkeeper at Arsenal. Something that's quite traditional in in our club. Um, so I think we all wanted Ramsdale to be successful, but you know, you mentioned the twelve long balls. Two of those, if they're Ramsdales, are going out of play. Um, oh, he's not making those kind of passes, and and again, I think we talked about it at the last podcast the calmness, just complete calmness. Um, Ramsdale's younger than Raya, he can learn from him, develop, and get to that. But right now, I think we're saying if we're going to do what we need to do, we need Raya. So it's yeah, just whether think... or not his, his confidence is shot as well, though, right? There's you know. If you're in the workplace, some buzzers come in and just taking your your responsibilities, your job, doing your things, and you're just there sat sat behind him watching it happen. What is it doing to you, confidence wise, ability wise? Yeah, bank depends on his character. Yeah, I mean, it depends on his character, <laughs> right? I don't uh, know. I don't. Yeah. I I, yeah. I think I don't take Ramsdale for one who's going to sit there. Um, he's going to first of all try and get his place back. That's the kind of person he is. You can tell that in his character. He won't, he won't, he will fight. But there'll be a point when he will need to play 
if he can't get back in the team. It will happen quite quickly, especially with the Euros. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't if he's not playing up till Christmas. I would not be surprised to see him go out on loan. Um, because he's he should be knocking at the door. I mean, he I, I think he is actually a genuine chance of being England number one for the Euros. So I mean he he's he's competing with uh Pickford, so uh I mean, I mean, I yeah, can't see we, what you're saying. It's like it's not like it's like really contentious. Well, Gareth Southgate does make some, as we already said, crazy, yeah. bizarre, bemusing decisions. But um, I think even like you know, I've seen other podcasts, non-Arsenal football podcasts, which have been talking about this and saying like it's a no-brainer now that Ramsdale should be number one now. Like it's done. But uh, Southgate sticks sticks by his people. So, but I mean. If Ramsdale, um, so yes, Southgate sticks by his sticks by his people. But if Ramsdale wants to be in good number one, he's got to play. It's genuinely got to play, and uh, the situation at Arsenal at the moment isn't going to help him. So I can see him going to Arteta. I'm going to fight for my place, but by Christmas, if he's not seeing any light, I can see that having to be a loan move out. Genuinely, can because as he's ruining his Euros hopes. Would you um? So obviously, uh, well, there's two things that Spurs I'd like to talk to you about. First of all, is is big Ange, um, a lot of it's a weird one this, right? Because we we have a song, obviously, um, and usually we would say that the uh, Spurs manager's uh, mother is is not a very nice um, uh, lady, and um, but Ange is quite likable, and it's really annoying. I really like what him. are you what, what this is the problem so I don't mind him either uh, I can't tell if he's... everything he's doing is like an act or whether or not it's actually just who he is and he's just quite a likable character no I think that's just who he is he's a really nice guy um I'm kind of I've got I've got a good friend who's a Spurs fan and he's really happy I'm kind of happy for him um I've seen his depression which we should laugh at a lot really as Arsenal fans but uh, I don't know. I'm happy for them. I just hope it doesn't go too well for them, basically. Well, I mean, as a, as a manager, um, he doesn't strike he... me as like an elite manager anyway, right? So I kind of feel like he's quite suited to the level of Spurs in reality to oh. who they are. Like, you know, like I feel like... Is that burn not... on Spurs or burn on Ange? It's a burn on both, Jace. Come on, that's what I'm here for. Um, you know, they've had Conte, they've had Potocino, they've had Mourinho, they've had some top class kind of mean ruthless managers um and fine, maybe this is something they, they, all right well the, you know win winatility you know they, they, they yeah, you know yeah. they, they win trophies uh, maybe not so much Potocino, um well at least in spurs colors um and you know maybe this is just something they need they need the arms wrapped around them a little bit they've had a bit of a torrid time like you say and maybe a bit of depression and this is the the nice manager that you maybe need to kind of make them feel a bit more comfortable and winning and playing the way that they could and should be playing. Yeah, I think that this is the thing. I think they've just got someone who is class now in mass manager. It may not be world class management material from a trophy winning capability, but as a man, he is. Uh, he comes across as very classy, individual, a human first. 
a man, a very good man manager, um, a good arm round the the shoulder style manager, um, someone that I would like to be my manager. Uh, like you know, it's uh, you know, it's the kind of human that you, you, we all look for in, in, in a manager. So I, I really like Ange Postecoglou. Um, it hates me to say it because I obviously always want to be laughing at Spurs. I want, I want you know more Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte episodes because those were just hilarious. Um, but I don't know if we'll get it with him. I mean, it's going good now, but that always happens at the start of the season with Spurs. So um, you know, there's time for it to go wrong. And I mean, and... I would, I would, I would say the perfect time for it to go wrong is is creeping up upon us because I would imagine that having seen them a few times this season already and how they've set up, it's quite swashbuckling. It's quite you know uh, attacking football, well, but defensively to... quite shaky. It's going to be a golf fest tomorrow because I I well, feel I... like out of all the teams we played in the Premier League so far, this is the team that's going to play most like P- how PSV played against us. And how did that come? They're going to come. They're going to go, which is great. If you go at us, that's, you know, either, you know, unless, and this is where Ange will prove how good a manager he is. Does he have the, you know, and we haven't seen this. I mean, Celtic fans will tell us differently, but I, I didn't, I don't watch the SPL, so I don't really know much about what, I know he won trophies there, but I don't know much about what he did. So does he have that now to put, you know, come to Arsenal, play the low block, play the counter-attack football, get us on the break, like a lot of the teams do, or is he going to come and actually try and play in our backyard? Because if they try and play in our backyard, I mean, that's what what, all Arsenal fans want. They want to come play. Come play us. Because then then you play to our strengths. But I I don't know what Spurs we're going to see tomorrow. I guess we'll find out. All I I will say is that the the one thing I'll say about Spurs at the moment, I, I... I, I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast. Like, there's always the players historically that you hate, like in your rival teams. Like there's been uh, Darren Anderton, uh, there's been Rude Van Nistelrooy, Teddy Sheringham. There's a couple of the rivalries with United and Spurs over the last years. Richarlison is my new hate figure <laughs> in the nicest, politest way. He's just the one that is uh, that Arsenal fans are just going to get so wound up by. I can tell. Um, you know, there's already the stuff like you know, he refusing to shake Martinelli's hand, and and obviously the Brazilian teammates winding each other up. And I just feel like he's going to be at it, he's going to be he's going to be doing things to try and get a foul, he's going to be play acting, he's gonna he's gonna be, you know, I, I didn't like him at Everton, he was always a, a player for us that scored against us, was a bit of a bogey player. And I just feel like now he's at Spurs. He he, he feels the villain profile quite nicely, and so uh, and and it's not that hate's a very strong word, but it's good to have a villain in when you have a rivalry in a team that you you're really supposed to dislike. And I think he will fill that role. Yeah, I mean, I despise him as well. Um, the good thing about despising him as a player is that he's also not very good, or at least for club. Seems to turn it on a little bit better for Brazil. I mean, he gets the nod uh, quite most of the time ahead of Gabi Jesus, um, which is interesting. Um, so I, like you, I hope the Spurs come to play because if they do, they're going to get shown. 
um, they're gonna they ex they're gonna get exposed because they leave gaps that are criminal at the back that I think that we can really do damage to, particularly at home. We're good at home. This is the sort of game, like you say, we've not had much opportunity this year because I think most teams. This I think this really goes to show how much better we are and how much more respected we are as a club nowadays so the amount of teams that come to us and set up in that way just because they know that they can't play against us any other way mm. and we've actually got more of the uh tools in our swiss army knife now to unlock that low and deep block than we have last year so i'm not fussed either way i don't think uh spurs have the personnel to set up with a low block i don't think they can do it you know look at their defense they just the amount of uh, combined 11s that I've seen over the last few days uh, is just frankly laughable. I think maybe one or two of Spurs players makes it into a combined 11. Um, it's the, uh, well, maybe Son and oh, maybe, Mad uh, maybe Madison. Other than that. Madison over who? Habits. Well, this, this is the thing. Yeah, maybe, but that's not really even his like normal position. Like Son's, Son's probably the one only, and like the other one, I could maybe take or leave. I I think that Madison's a good backup to Trossard, and Trossard costs like half the money. So it's and we and um, even Trossard's not our number one. <laughs> Martinelli's our number one. So you know, I'm I'm excited, nervous, and in, in all the uh, you know big ball wrapped up into one because you know it's the North London derby. It can. It can be a, a, a you know a, a fuse that you know ignites. It could be anything, right? That kind of happens during this game. It's got the propensity to do all manner of different things. It could be nil nil, Jason. We're here going. There's going to be a lot of goals in it. Who's to know, right? Um, I hope not. But yeah, you know, this not. it's all everything's possible with the North London derby. So what we do know, there's not going to be a Harry Kane penalty, and there's not going to be a Jacques red card. So you know those two things at least <laughs> we're not going to see. Well, and Bayern have already played by Leverkusen as well. I don't know if that happened. No, although Kane scored again, I think, uh, today or yesterday. I forget. He's scoring a lot of goals for Bayern, which is, you know, fair play to him. Um, he does deserve probably to get some trophies under his belt and maybe come back to Spurs once he's got some some silverware that he can kind of showcase. Yeah. Just one last thing on Spurs. and Just in general about the Champions League, actually. Um so I, I think PSV was a good warm up because uh, for, for, for 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 Spurs, genuinely because that, that how we played against PSV is how I want to see us start against Spurs and how it's how we've started the last two North London derbies at home in Spurs, Atom and, and you know two three nil up before half time, so that's uh, that's what we want to see. Um, so that that was really good. On the other hand, also, also like I kept, I've said a number of times, like I think we'll go further in the Champions League and be have a stronger chance, maybe even in the league. Partly because when you play in Europe, teams play like PSV did, <laughs> and when you play in the Premier League, teams come play with a low block. We can be ourselves more in Europe. That's my belief. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I, I do think tomorrow. When North London Forever plays out, and that's that's going to be a loud, a loud one um, tomorrow. It really reminds me, I don't know if you watched the Newcastle game. Um, Jacob Murphy, uh, the camera panned across the team, and he was singing the Champions League music was playing, and the, he was just, he was almost crying. 
um, it was amazing to see because uh, you know it's Jacob Murphy, right? Like <laughs> he's playing in the Champions League. There are a lot of players like that that you're thinking of when that when that North London Forever plays out, and you look at some of our players how much it means to him. I think we saw uh, Declan Rice singing it under his breath in one of the first games of the season. I know there's been a lot of talk in social media about uh, how that song particularly might be a bit pony and might be a bit like uh, that cringy and that we're trying too hard. Um, it has created such, it is, it's created such an atmosphere. And th- th- I, I do believe that part of the reason why we start so hard is because the, the uh, energy, the adrenaline that is surging through the veins of the Arsenal players uh, uh, when that music plays out is exemplary. And I, I you know, I, I do believe it plays a, a big part in our crowd as well in being G'd up against being that 12th man. You know, I, I really do like you. I hope we go out all guns blazing for that first kind of 20, 30 minutes and really do put in a performance against Spurs because it is it's a massive game. This, you know, if we've we've had a good big, big weeks, we had Man United beat them we had Everton away beat them we had PSV first Champions League game in six years beat them if we beat Spurs it's a huge huge statement of intent for Arsenal Football Club going into the rest of this season yeah I agree. yeah I'd agree did uh did you by any chance sing the, the champion? of course I did yeah of course no, I did well, uh it, was, it wasn't the same without you there Jace of course I don't think that uh, I just where I was telling Jace just before we went live with the pod uh, today that uh, I was sitting in a different place, and although it had a much uh, better view of the game, so usually I sit near Block Twenty Five, which is by where the Ashburton Army are, so you get a more over the pitch kind of view. We were sat uh, in Block Two, uh, which was near the tunnel, so you get obviously a much better view of the pitch, but also not as many of the the vocal crowd that I'm I'm used to. Um, so maybe me in front of these three old ladies that were in front of me didn't really like me shouting the champions in their ear. Um, but, you know, so be it. Right. <clears throat> Moving on to the parking lot, there's a few little bits in here. We've kind of already maybe touched upon one of them really, really briefly. But there was a big announcement this week, Jace. Talk to me about it. Odegaard's five-year deal, 2028. No option for an extension. I'm assuming that's because we he will have a new contract well before that extension with an even bigger pay bump than what he's already got, which was well-deserved, by the way, but it makes him the most highest earner at the club. Uh, I don't actually know the figure, um, but I know that Saka's was around the 250. I think it was, it was 300 to 350. I can't remember yeah, it's somewhere so in between that. He's earning. Um, hopefully, he's learning, earning, and improving. Um, but, yeah, well, I, I mean, in the going rate for being the best player at one of the top clubs in the Premier League and one of the top clubs in the world, like, that's just the going rate. So, we had no option but to pay it. Uh, it was also deserved, and he's our captain, and we want him here till 2028 because he'll be 29 by that point. So he's basically committed arguably the best years of his playing career to Arsenal with that contract. Um, so I think, you know, and, and, and I don't see a situation where Arsenal is selling him in the, during that contract if, if he is continuing with his performances based on mm-hmm. our intent and where we want to go. So um, great to see uh, another great job by Edu, Richard Garlic uh, and, and, and all of the senior staff that would have been getting that deal through. I mean, 
it's interesting that there's one thing we have to improve with and it's selling we're getting contracts now down and buying with the seeming to do absolutely amazing job um and you know the the players that we've nailed down just this year Saliba, Saka, Odegaard, Ben White I think signed Ben, ben White signed next. yeah, yeah Ben White's I mean, next yeah Ben White's next Ramsdale signed a new deal um who else signed a new deal? I mean, everyone's signed a new deal. Mm, I, do think that plays signed... a big, I do think that plays a big part, like you say, in retaining some of the value that even the players that are on the periphery and you maybe are looking to sell in the near future, if you get them tied down to good deals, it makes it a lot harder for other clubs to kind of lowball you and, and get good value for those players. Yeah, I think so. And like, I think that we are being critical of the window this year and the fact that we couldn't sell a lot of the players. But those players were fringe players of the old into the new, if that makes sense. Yep. You know, Lokonga was start like what well, not the new. It was like it was kind of I, I guess an original artist, like Cedric. Like these aren't the when I say new Arsenal, I'm talking about the last eighteen months, last year. Like I consider that. Why do I call that new? Not in our eyes, because we see, we've seen the transition for Arteta. But rival mm. fans haven't maybe spent as much attention. They've only stood up to attention with Arsenal since they realised that we're more of a force to be reckoned with, and we're a Champions League worthy team, and and we're playing a certain way. Um, and so that crop of players, that those are the players that um, rival clubs want. Those are the players that are profitable. And over time, there will be situations where we will need to replenish, improve, refresh. And it's those players that are locked down on these contracts that if we do decide to say, hey, Ray is coming in, Ramsdale's going, then those are the players that we need to be getting money for. Um, Pepe, we're never getting money for. Cedric, we're never getting money for. Um he came Lukonga. out and warmed up in front of, in front of us, and it was I think a person behind me was like, "He's still here." <laughs> yeah, can't believe it. Well, that's because Timber's injured, and we have to have an emergency right back situation. Yeah, I mean, I hope it never comes to it. <laughs> but there we go. Oh, I don't. Know. I'll play. Let me play. I'll play right back. <laughs> I, I mean, better anything. than him. <laughs> yeah, anything. I won't whip it into someone. Oh, actually, though, no, I might whip it into Habits if he's in there. But I won't whip it into no one. I'll cut back to Martin Odegaard, who can find a ball for Saka. Mm. Um, the much better option. Uh, yeah, no, really happy with the contracts. Well deserved. The the uh, the announcement video was oh, yeah. was, was Sorry, uh, I, that. I, mean, I mean, it's such a class. We're such a classy club, honestly. We're such a classy club, and some of the the materials we put out and the the, the whole family community that Arsenal were really drumming home with, with our new crop of players. It really gave me goosebumps. It was such a fantastic video, really did tell a story. I, I don't know if you saw this. I'm probably sure you did. Uh, they took out a page advert in both the Islington local paper, the Islington Gazette or something similar, as well as the newspaper in the hometown of where Martin Odegaard is from in Norway, about why Arsenal is his, is his home and why he chose it as the place to, to, like you say, to have his best years. Honestly, it's such such a classy move and such a it resonates so well with the fans and his commitment. And I, I'm I just love it. I absolutely love it. And like like you say, I think 
we've done this with with Saka, we've done it with Erdegaard, we're going to do it with Ben White. It's such a a good series that we we had a good window up until the timber injury. You know, if that hadn't have happened, we would have been saying it was an eight, a nine out of ten window. But we also committed some of our best players to up to their best years at this club. So that is, you know, like you say, credit to the the backroom staff that have managed to get that done. Um, unreal. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I was gonna go on. I was gonna say something stupid. It's like it, I think he enjoyed his jerk chicken, his espresso. I saw him in all the different uh different sack, of, sack of water. Yeah, the sack of water. <laughs> yeah, he's getting all the freebies, wasn't he? That's right. <laughs> Um, the only thing I was going to say from today that's probably a, a, a big talking point for Arsenal is that Rodri got the red card, and that means he's going to miss the Arsenal Man City game. Which who comes in for him in that? Like, I think they play Bernardo, and they've got a new guy, Nunez. I think is it Nunez or Nuno, someone in that middle bit. But yeah, it might be Calvin Phillips. No, it won't be Calvin. But, but, uh, all I'm going to say is, you know, Rodri, although we, we sat him down at the uh, at Wembley Stadium in the Community Shield, he is their, their linchpin, their ability to protect that back, you know, and that they've lost Kevin De Bruyne, Rodri and John Stones. Um, this is now no better opportunity for us than to stake a claim at this point in time. And they haven't dropped points yet. Imagine that we're the team that take the points off them and go top of the league with that victory. I, I'm salivating at the idea and everything seems to be pointing in the correct direction for that to happen. So I'm just, you know, I never want to get too excited, Jace, but here I am talking about it already. We've not even beat Spurs yet. So uh, stop me. Talk me down. <laughs> uh, talk you down. Well, I, do you know what? I, I, I dislike Rodri. Uh, numerous reasons that we've discussed. Who do you, you just like more, Richarlison or Rodri? Oh, bloody hell, that's a good one. That toughie? Rodri, I think. Oh, right. because well, he's actually tried to assault several Arsenal players in international friendlies. Um, so, yeah, Rodri. Um, he he tried to he tried to touch Martin Odegaard. He tried to touch the King. Um, what... I have a couple of thoughts on it. So, yeah, I mean, in theory, for for the game, it's good news for us. But in a way, I'm a little disappointed. I want us to go toe-to-toe with a fit squad, our preferred starting squad against C in the league, and give them a hiding. I know that's like sounds joking. Like, I know like people may laugh at me there because they're like, "Come on, like you're not going to give, you're not going to do that to City." But I, I, I truly want to be able to say, because every time we've played City, we've never had our best XI. We've missing Party. Party, Saliba. Yeah. Like for like numerous, the last three or four games on the truck, we've had like someone from the core of our spine missing. Um, some games we've come really close. We've had like, oh, we, we were like, we've been That first half performance where you watched it, I think was probably the closest uh, one we were there. Right? Yeah, it was. It was. And like, and, and so like, and, and you can see, You've been able to see of every game at City for the last season a bit. We're we're all we're close. We're really close. But I just want to beat them fair square with our best squad and their best squad and say, look, we're there now. We're there. It's not just like I I, I, I it's something about me. And part of me wants to stick it to Rodri because I absolutely hate him. And if he's not in the squad, then then yeah, can't do that. To do. 
anyway so right well i okay well I was, I was looking at the time at about 35 minutes into this podcast thinking oh how are we going to last uh it's now an hour and three minutes we had a lot of conversation a lot of good talking points uh so a great episode jace thank you very much um before we sign off the usual uh jace on on uh, youtube what should you be doing uh you should be please give us a thumbs up please ask questions keep the questions coming in that haven't come in already <laughs> and uh, leave any nice comments yeah and on your spotify uh leave those five star reviews for us otherwise this time i'll send jace around your house and he's uh actually probably just as friendly as i am and we're not going to do anything at all <laughs> um so uh yeah tomorrow north london derby we might be back tomorrow we're going to try and record straight after that north london derby so we score can... score Oh, score, yeah. Um, it's going to be goals. Uh, I don't want to take your... I was going to go 3-1, but that's your that's your yeah, number. Yeah, I have that. That's just... You know, I'm also just having the top corner of my screen just here. So. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Three I'm going to do 4 nil. I'm going to do PSV. I think we can do a, a, a four-peat uh, and do it again. So screw it. 4 nil. Why not? Fair enough. 3-1. Okay, cool. All right. Well, let's uh, speak tomorrow and uh, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners.